0: Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, the design agency as passionate about craft beer as we are. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This week in Craft Beer we'd like to thank our generous Patreon supporters Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Bayonet Brewing Co, Dolphin Brewery, The Paper Mill Micropub, Berkshire Beer Box, The Smallback Brewing Co, Belgium Blues Southampton, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, Michael Billingham, James Moss, The Brew Brothers, Paul Whelan, Bettina Cassidy, Fawkesbury and Claire Costa. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast this evening, John from Great Beyond Brewing Co based in Hoxton, East London. Great Beyond was launched in 2022 by three beer loving friends and experienced brewers, Ollie, Nick and John. Their brewing emphasises quality, sustainability and creativity. They're passionate about combining the best ingredients and techniques to produce beers that inspire and delight their customers. John, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey, which led you to launching Great Beyond.
1: Yeah, sure. Hi. Uh, thanks, Rob. I'm John. I'm, I'm one of the three co-founders along with Ollie and Nick. Uh, my background uh, is actually in brewing. So I'm a brewer turned business owner. So it's the first time I'm running a business, which, right. <laughs> you know, is a steep learning curve and it's a challenging environment to be doing this. Okay. But It's great. You know, I get up every day and I'm already thinking about Great Beyond first thing before I even get out of bed. <laughs> and uh, I love it. And uh, you asked about my, what, my background. Yes, uh, please. I may not sound it. I, I sound pretty American, but I'm actually Dutch. I grew up in the U.S. and in Switzerland. I moved around a lot growing up. I have a background in economics. I was interested in kind of public policy and sort of trying to make the world a better place. So I sort of worked in the academic research and charity sort of space for a little bit after graduating. But then I I, I fell in love with beer, living in New York, going to cool bars and drinking amazing, interesting IPAs and okay. Belgian beer and also This is back in the early, late nineties, early 2010s. Right. Uh, actually, no. This would have been the late mid to late nineties. I'm older than I think. Um, <laughs> and uh, then he uh, started homebrewing you know, through a friend who was homebrewing already, and so cool. It's just like magic, you know. And mm. it's the I, for me, it's the it's the creativity combined it really with
0: is. the yeah, it's alchemy, chemistry, yeah. the microbiology,
1: <laughs> the engine. Yeah, exactly. And the magic of fermentation. Fermentation is the most romantic thing in the world. And uh, so I got into it through the homebrewing route and then uh, started hanging out of breweries and uh, did, did some shifts at some local breweries there. And then I moved to London kind of for unrelated reasons. And then I right. got a job at uh, meantime. Uh, and, you know, so when I moved here, for context, I don't think the Colonel has started yet. No. Uh, Camden certainly hadn't. Beavertown hadn't. So it was early, early days. What, which year I have you about, John? I moved here in 2011. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I got, got a job at uh, Meantime in Greenwich. Yeah. It's a really cool place to work at the time. Fast growing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is, is still independent back then. Yeah. And uh, you know, then the the movement started to sort of take off around me a little bit, which was pretty exciting. And then I yes. uh, met uh, Dan and Tom Lowe, who were going to start a brewery called Four Pure. Yeah. And they uh, they hadn't done that yet. They hired me to help them do that mm. as the head brewer there and that was also a sort of interesting journey you know so uh, independent for the first 5 or so years yeah before uh before lion came in and bought uh bought them and I stayed on for a few years after lion right. uh, came and bought to uh, pure and uh, uh then during covid you know i um started to uh like many people During long, lonely lockdowns, I started to think about my life and what I was doing and what I wanted to do next. And I'd always sort of thought about opening my own brewery, doing things my way. And uh, I started formulating a business plan with uh, my colleague, Ollie, who was a very talented brewer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we brought on Nick uh, as well. And we started to raise some money and look for a property. And and then before you know it, uh, you know, we... We're, well we decided to open this brewery and it's it's going really well
0: fantastic well i want to spend the majority of this conversation obviously talking about great beyond but i just want to loop back and, yeah. and just sort of review the the four pure experience just a little bit because um you know yeah, I, I mentioned to you as we just when we were sort of checking the sound before we hit record this evening that and i think this probably stands to quite a lot of people listening to this podcast the, the four pure sale coming very quickly on the back of the beaver town sale and and you know preceding the magic rock sale by by a few months you know those were three very significant events in uk craft beer you know I, obviously there were others there was camden there was uh, brixton and you know and a few one or two others but i think the three i've just mentioned were the three big ones for me certainly and you know and i was very worried at that stage that the whole of this craft beer scene that i was growing to love was in the process of collapsing almost in on itself almost overnight in fact so you know it was it's a great relief that that actually wasn't the case but i'd be really curious just to to hear your sort of view of how that you know what it was like firstly i guess to you know to go from being a, a really cool you know independent fast-moving brewery like fourpure suddenly to be part of lion where obviously you had great resources no doubt but also significant constraints so so let's let's start there. And then yeah. you know perhaps get into why, you know, how it didn't quite work out for, for Lion as I'd hoped. Yeah. Well well, firstly, you know, the, the 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 initial
1: period, you know, of four pier opening and being the first brewery to really embrace the sort of um can canned beer sort Absolutely. of format that was yeah. that was new at the time. Mm. And uh, it was really exciting. We made lots of great beer and many, many great Brewers who are now off doing other really interesting things yep. all, all over the country and the world have sort of worked at 4Pure. And, uh, you know, prior to Lion coming in, we had a great uh, setup with a world-class sort of equipment and a great lab and sensory yep. program. And, uh, and yeah, it's true, Lion, the economics of the industry were changing mm-hmm. really quickly. Uh, so when, when you started to see sort of, mid-sized craft breweries in the London market get acquired by multinationals. It, it really uh, limited the sort of route to market for uh, independent, smaller players. Yeah. And as, as such, the, the sort of old model of just sort of trying to grow your, your brewery pretty big and competing for taps around your local region and getting into lo- local pubs and shops and things like that. That wasn't really going to be sustainable anymore when when you have the likes of some of the biggest companies in the world uh, with their marketing muscle and their oh, sure. route to market to compete with. So that's why we've seen sort of a real change in the last few years The breweries becoming more focused on being local and direct sales through a tap room and things like yeah. that. So the, the four pure journey was uh Really exciting, the fast growth, uh, the uh, opportunity to innovate all the time, and, uh, and it was a really great place to work. And yeah, Lion, um, I think they just thought that they could uh, buy the brewery and uh, implement strategy in the same you way that they the would the say yeah. with, the with the same with the same people that they did in Australia, and, and that it would just sort of work. But it's an industry really based on relationships and you know, and people aren't stupid drinker beer drinkers pay attention to the happenings in the industry and they really care about authenticity. So if you decide to rebrand a bunch of times, and if you destroy a lot of the relationships that were hard built over many years, uh, then that could really kill a brand. And, and, uh, and they also were very, you know, I have to say also the culture really changed after Dan and Tom left, uh, lion coming in, um, I think it did make it a, a, a very different kind of work environment, more things were slower, things were um, more well, corporate, really more, yep. more led by uh, those kinds of processes. So, you know, and I, you're right, though, you know, it did mean that there was there was some great resources available. So, you know, if you're going to be if you're encountering some sort of technical problem, you can pick up the phone and talk to an expert. Uh, oh, yeah. Part of that sort of, network which is great yep. and, and it did also uh, so there were also definitely upsides to brewing in that kind of environment in terms of attention to detail and technical stuff but yeah but ultimately that's not why i got into brewing right i'm a, I'm a no. romantic at heart and i do <laughs> and i do really love my beer and uh, that's also why i started to sort of you know think about uh, doing my own thing
0: what about Caden? I'm just curious. Um, again, I don't you know, I don't you can't see this from the outside looking in, but it was you know, my, my impression was that as for B, for pure you were releasing pretty frequent new beers and then mm-hmm. you know suddenly that disappeared without trace. Is that fair? Or so what you know, did you suddenly only have like three core beers and that was it? Or
1: <laughs> I mean that is kind of what happened for a while there. Mm. I mean, I, I think um they wanted four pure to make kind of their the, the core beers yeah and then they wanted uh then obviously lion also bought magic rock and they that's wanted right. magic rock to uh to focus on uh producing a, a much broader range of ah, okay right? so that kind of that makes sense in a and, sort of then they, portfolio and then they tried to sort of pitch, yeah. them, pitch them as a portfolio right yeah mm-hmm. uh which obviously is a little bit
0: uh if
1: you're a brewer that's not you
0: don't that's want that's to be on the wrong friend. end of that bargain do you Not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly but uh yeah you know but I, I honestly i can't speak to what they're doing now obviously Lion well, don't own four pure anymore no. and and i and uh, i i left a, over a year ago so i'm, I'm not 100 sure what what the situation is there now no. but i've had some they're doing they're, they're doing more uh specials and things like that yeah now i'm sure I they are see.
0: yeah i, I mean I, I i wouldn't know where to get them and i, I from my personal perspective i immediately boycotted all three of the you know, not just the three but certainly mm-hmm. town magic rock and four pure were all dead to me after after the sales which is you, know, you might say very childish and spiteful but you know <laughs> that was just kind of my the, the way that I dealt with it and I think probably again a lot of people probably listening to this podcast would have taken the same perspective yeah, um and you I know and you mind. know as you say now four pure are now again independent and so is magic rock i guess so those those are brands that I wouldn't be avoiding anymore um just you know out of any kind of foolish sense of um (laughs) i don't know quite what the right word is even but i'm very grateful that it didn't work out for the macros um and you know i having said that you know i still and i just do want to sort of balance this by saying i absolutely respect the the right of any brewery owner to sell their business to anybody they choose to you know because you at the end of the day have put blood sweat and tears into starting these businesses you know an incredible amount of time and effort and dedication goes into that i fully understand that and so you know, anybody is absolutely at, at liberty to, to cash out at any stage. And I think that's, that's fully respectable. I just choose not to, not to sort of follow those products, you know, when they, when they get into the hands of the, of the macros, but it's, uh, it, it you know, it's not in any way a, a judgment on anybody that sold their business to, to, to no, no, anybody no. quite frankly, I, you know, it's, it's, it would be silly of me to say it, but any other, any other way.
1: I I, I really respect that. You know, I, I, am lucky. I, I live in Hackney in East London, you know, near, near the brewery and, and besides for us, there are so many great breweries that are based right around here. Obviously, Boxcar isn't around anymore, mm. but they were our closest neighbors. Yeah, they're I, still, I, I they're do hope they figure out. out. They're, making, they're making great beer still, but they're, yeah, not, oh. they're not making the beer just down the road yeah, anymore. Like just, you know, I mean, let's just talk about Boxcar
0: just for a minute, because, really? I you know, I'm a massive Boxcar fan. <laughs> and so I was gutted when they lost their uh, their premises a few months back. So, you know, I, I genuinely, you know, I'm, I'm desperately hoping that they managed to find somewhere else to for another permanent home but you know in, in any event you know at least let's let's hope they continue to to cuckoo brew or contract brew or whatever to yeah. to, to keep those products coming because i I think they're fabulous um,
1: i agree i agree and I, I was very i was very saddened too especially you know it's it's a challenging time in the industry right now yeah. and uh so we all need to support each other and so you know when when they made that announcement um i uh went straight over there with a uh, with nick one of my business partners yeah. and we uh but uh, well, a little bit of everything, really. <laughs> Just so nice. to, that to, to sure they, they could, they could, and it was, and, and you know, the turnout was great. People from up and down London, uh, in the industry, showed up that evening to um, give them the send off they deserved. And Good. you know, they and their beer is still kicking around, and people are. And I, I'm sure that I'm sure that they'll reemerge at some point.
0: I certainly hope so. And that was a. Story, I mean, I I, I love. Uh, we'll get to talking about railway arches and and tap rooms shortly. But you know, I I think they're there was something super charming about the way theirs was set up. Wasn't it? I just loved being in that space. It was so, it was intimate and yet it was big enough, you know, and had a little bit of outside space as well. It was just a perfect little corner of a sanctuary almost. Wasn't it? I don't quite know how to describe it other than to say, I just felt so at home in that, in, in their, in their tap room. And so I'm, I'm desperately sorry that it's not there anymore.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It was a lovely spot. I went there for my birthday once actually three years ago. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh,
1: with a few friends. Yeah. And, uh, yeah I've always uh they you know they were helpful as well when we were when we were looking at our at our site and we hadn't installed um our equipment yet. we went yeah. to go uh have a chat with them about about what the what they were doing and how they were doing it and they were very helpful and um yeah, in general um nice nice guys and very 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 good beer
0: definitely right great beyond so you guys in hoxton uh, exactly where yes. okay, well, we are located super close to uh
1: the overground station, Hoxton overground station, right. which is the station sort of between, if you will, sort of between Shoreditch and Dalston. So we're sort of in that stretch. Yes. Uh, we're just off Kingsland road. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a whole row of a Vietnamese restaurants on Kingsland road at the, at the top end of Shoreditch. Nice. And then you kind of go behind that. There's an alleyway. We're uh, in that alleyway. So it's called mm-hmm. union walk and we have three railway arches. So one where I'm in the middle arch right now, right. And the other side over there, well, that's where the brewery is. Yeah. A um, little 12 hectoliter brew house with uh, uh four or five fermenters, all secondhand equipment. Right. This is a good, good kit, though, but uh, yeah. pretty simple. Yeah. And then on the other side is the tap room. So our tap room is a uh, the third arch there, and we have a little bit outdoor seating on the weekends in the front. Right, and the vibes are just you know it's a lot of like upcycled furniture, rugs, candles, fairy lights, plants. <laughs> we built almost everything ourselves. Right, um and it's real cozy, and we have nice you know we obviously we serve our beer there, but we also have nice you know other drinks so with our local sort of partners, so you know, nice cocktails and wine and stuff like that. Because not everybody's a beer drinker. Obviously, we want people to drink the beer, but yeah, you have to uh, be open-minded about the fact yeah, that sometimes oh, there's going to be a group of four or five people, and they're not all going to be beer people.
0: No, no, I totally agree. Yeah, what else have you got in your run of archies? Are there any other any other sort of hospitality businesses, or you know, are you on your own there?
1: <laughs> no, we've got a car, we've got a car mechanics. We've got uh, there's a little cute gallery. There's an event space. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, this, but we're, this little stretch is. Um, it's mostly us. We, but it's it's, it's it's a good spot though where we, you know, the, we get uh, we don't get a lot of organic foot traffic. People that end up here, they're here because they know about us. You know, they got right. recommended or, yeah, whatever. And the tap rooms are doing really well. So we you know we do uh, quiz every well we do, we were doing it monthly. We we're gonna do the quiz twice per month, and the quiz is right. really popular. We do comedy nights, which are great. Yes. Um, we uh yes it's and uh in general it's great we have some real loyal local followers people who come back and get excited about the upcoming beers and yep and what what are your opening days and hours tap rooms open uh wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday so during the week we open at four and we close at 11 and on weekends we open at midday and on saturday we close at 11
0: and on sunday we close at nine Okay, good. So a good, nice late license, you know, but by taproom standards, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's good. Yeah. Makes
1: yeah. Sense. Well, I mean, we we you know, it's 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 the best opportunity for us to sell beer directly to our customers and get feedback from them, you know, and we want to foster a sense of community. We want to be a part of uh, not just the beer scene, but just the, the fabric of the neighborhood.
0: Yes. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Um what about food? You guys you say that you got Vietnamese restaurants by the dozen, but do you, do you have uh, you got anywhere close by for for takeouts or whatever or? Uh, we got a, we have a quick partnership with the Yard
1: Sale Pizza, like I think nice. almost every brewery in East London does. Yeah. Uh, but this, because their pizza is good and yeah, we got, and we've got a Yard Sale on Hackney Road no more than 5 minute walk away. Perfect. So uh, the pizza is delivered real quick and we also have a nice, you know, we have little snacks like uh
0: nuts and olives and right. crisps and things like that. Excellent. So let's talk beers. And We started with your Hoxton Lager, 4.4% uh, hoppy keller lager. Uh, absolutely delicious. Um, you know, lovely, exactly as expected, you know, nice sort of uh, bit of opacity to it, but really punchy flavours. You know, th- this is as flavoursome a lager as I think I've had in a long time, to be honest. I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. It's a perfect beer on what is needed by the best part of 30 degree day today. So uh, this is really going down very, very nicely. So what's the background here?
1: Well, firstly, thank you. Uh, it's uh, I love it too. It's uh, a yeah, it's a Keller Lager. So um, we we've actually changed this recipe almost every time we've brewed it. We're still very much refining it. We're nearly there though. We're 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 very happy with how it's currently tasting. Right. Um, so it's uh, it's it's quite lean beer. So we uh we it's, it it finishes fairly dry. Yeah. But we we use more or less minimally treated London water with, with, a, with a beer like this, you have to be a little bit more aggressive. You have to mind your pHs and stuff in the bring sure. process, oh, yeah. but, uh, but it's, but we don't use a RO water or anything like that. It's too wasteful. You know, I have to, I, we want to be really sustainable. Right. Yep. Uh, so we, so we, we use more or less Thames, we use Thames water and we just, you know, we, we treat it to make sure that we, we, the, the, the whole pro- process runs smoothly. Yeah. Um, but we use German, uh, actually we use a mix of uh, English and German uh, lager malts in this.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, it's okay. about
1: uh, 60 to 70% English uh, extra pale malts from uh, malt. a Crisp, yep. which I really like. And then it's about a, a third of a, a German lager malt, a very nice German lager malt.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, uh, which, which sort of dries it out a little bit more, and it, it's got that lovely kind of clean breadiness yeah, with that, and then um, we use a relatively obscure German lager yeast that you don't. We, we're, we're experimenting with uh, with different yeast strains, but I, we quite like this one now. It's it's not it's not widely used, and I like that about it. Yeah, uh, because every, everybody makes lager with the same three or four strains. I it seems like, yes. and uh, so we wanted to use something a little different. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's got uh, two German hops in it. So at the forefront there's a, a Hairsbrewer. Which is a gives sort of lovely sort of noble and sort of lavender kind of notes, I mean, just like kind of almondy character, I think. And then there's a Hallertau tradition, which is a lovely I really love that hop actually. Uh, it's like which is sort of more complex uh sort of yeah,. I always find describing these sort of continental noble hops is like I always end up just saying you know noble. It's, but, <laughs> but it, you know the, but it's true there's sort of that's the kind of spicy floral kind of yep. uh, mm-hmm. uh, um complexity. And uh, we focus on keeping the beer, yeah, lean, drinkable, and and we don't filter it. Obviously, it's a Keller right. Lager, and uh, so it retains a little bit more of that mouthfeel. It's quite yeah, soft, absolutely. yeah, soft palate. But the hop flavors really do come through quite yeah, a lot. it's yep. quite a hoppy, yeah. Uh, yes, it is. That's why yep. we call it a hoppy
0: Keller Lager because mm. we don't. You,
1: you need to have a house lager in your tap room so uh, of
0: course you do absolutely yeah
1: it's not our best seller usually the Hoxton fresh is uh is our uh is our best seller almost every Good. well every that, that
0: warms warms my heart to hear that but uh. yeah i love the
1: <laughs> and fresh is a dangerously drinkable right uh, session beer you'll see a four percent ipa but uh, yeah, i love i love making this lager but we so we 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 have these two uh i'll, I'll describe the core range yeah please while i'm at it so we've got um Hoxton Lager and Hoxton Fresh. So Hoxton Fresh is the next one we're going to talk about. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Then we do a um, a beer called Free Spirit, Mm -hmm. which uh, is sort of a West Coast uh, extra pale ale um, for uh, currently 4.9%. We're actually going to probably tweak that down to 4.7. Yeah. Uh, But it's quite crisp and dry, and it uses a pretty classic hop combination, uh, mostly Cascade Centennial and Simcoe driven beer, uh, but we use pretty modern hopping techniques. So the things from right. the Whirlpool and the dry hop are very sort of contemporary, Right. but it's right. a really, it's also quite a sort of lean and gluten-free, really refreshing pale ale. Right. And then, uh, uh, so those are three of the of the of the five core beers and then there were two new ones which I've actually got in front of me here so one is called escape artist which is a 4.9 percent oatmeal porter mm. and it's really sort of velvety and rich and delicious uh, I love it so we've just awesome. launched that now yep uh, and then there's a beer called the, the raspberry incident which is a beer that we uh, made for our launch <laughs> and you know its yeah I can explain there's a whole story behind that name <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's it's a so we actually do a so with the raspberry incident we do a a lactic uh, fermentations. We don't do a kettle; it's not kettle-soured, and we right. don't use a, we don't use um uh, like Philly sour or anything. We do okay. a lactic, we use a, a, a actual uh, lactobacillus bacteria for the right. first fermentation. Mm-hmm. Then we do a second fermentation with uh, saccharomyces, and then we do a re-fermentation with whole fruit, okay. um, raspberries, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, we let it sit in the fruit for a while until uh, it's got uh, fully saturated raspberry flavor. Yep. And a nice pink foam. Yes. Uh, and so we did, a, terrific, we did the yeah. first first batch of that. And it's it's and it was just it's like biting into a fresh raspberry. Using the whole fruit, I think, makes a big difference. Uh, doing an actual lactic fermentation makes a big difference, I think. Beautiful. And uh, and then we decided to make it a permanent addition. So we we've I've got a, a batch of that in uh, in tank right now, that looks and uh, that's gonna be ready to pack in a couple of weeks. I can't. What wait. ABV is that coming out, John? It's four and a half. The whole so that's five core five core beers. All of them are in the fours, you know, between stretching from four to four point nine. But then most of our specials, which we make a lot of specials because we, you know, we want to keep the tap room exciting. Yes. most of our specials are stronger.
0: I think that's a nice balance, isn't it? I mean, you want people to drink your core beers by the pint, don't you? Um, At least to you know to. In many, many circumstances anyway. And so, you know, you, you, you want to keep those beers, you know, accessible. And, and yeah, people are obviously looking for stronger beers as well. And so, you know, it's a nice balance to have those available.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I didn't mention, you know, the uh, when I'm with the escape artist, the Oatmeal Porter. Mm. We actually use coffee beans in the mash and we use cocoa nibs in the whirlpool. Well, oh. And yeah. we add some vanilla pods to the fermenter as well. So Ooh. it's even though we don't call it a coffee beer or a chocolate beer. Right. Or vanilla beer, because it's none of those things. Uh, we do we we do incorporate those uh, raw ingredients into the beer, and uh, but at really really low level, So it's like it's very subtle. And right. It's just about boosting those notes from the malts. Right. Um, and you know, I mentioned the raspberry incident that we use whole raspberries. We use real raspberries in that beer. That's something that we do across our sort of fruited sours. So we don't ever use purees or flavorings we use whole real fruit right um, and uh we do you know we, we so we have big emphasis on you know authenticity so you know when we do a, we do a lactic fermentation we uh we use real coffee beans you know and i and i just think um well, the whole real fruit thing it may you, you wouldn't believe what a difference that makes
0: right yeah no absolutely fantastic and so how many how many taps do you have for the tap room uh <laughs> I don't know, twenty
1: something. Uh, oh, fantastic! Uh, but we, <laughs> some of them are doubled up. We have to double up fresh. Um yeah. And we also do some of our cocktails on draft. We do our wine on draft. So it's, okay. like, for beer, I think for beer, I think it's about fifteen or so.
0: Nice. And how many of those would be would be your beers? Oh, we don't do guest beers. Oh, so no, we beers. Well, wow, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we don't do guest beers. No, no, yeah. no. And not even not even the odd take over or whatever or, or, no, or whatever no, thing, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. You're drinking in a brewery, so you should drink the beer that's made there. <laughs>
0: interesting i think pe- people have you know you, you, there's differing views on the subject i think it, it's kind of uh i like to experience the full breadth of what the brewery can do absolutely if i'm visiting a tap room but it's also kind of fun to to have some guest beers from time to time as well i guess it's you know it's your business you can do as you you know exactly as you as yeah, that's you right do. it's my <laughs> business I can do. but
1: also but when we do a collaboration though uh yeah you know which we've only
0: done uh, we've
1: only done one so far we're gonna we have a few more lined up but yeah uh, then uh we uh very happy to serve beer from uh Another brewery that we've oh, collaborated yeah. with, because we we only collaborate with people that we really like, and uh, and so I'm very happy to serve guest beer. Then, yeah. of course.
0: And so you would have, so you got fifteen roughly fifteen beer taps. Would that be fifteen different beers, then, or or as you say, a couple of doubles? So.
1: A couple are doubled, and yeah. uh, and sort
0: of, and we don't always have fifteen
1: beers pouring. It sort of depends on. You know, we're we're pretty new business. We only really opened properly in January.
0: Oh right, yeah, uh, so,
1: so it's we'll sort of see where how things sort of stabilize. But uh, yeah. we've 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 well, of course we are starting with the lager, and I and I do love the lager. We mostly brew kind of hoppy beers and uh, sour beers. Right. Yeah. Um, th- those are sort of our two main areas of focus, and where we're trying to sort of refine everything.
0: And what what sort of frequency of release are you aiming for when you're sort of fully up to production capacity or whatever?
1: Yeah, I don't know really. A beer every week or two probably is good. And every week yeah. is a bit is a bit much. Yeah. But every, every every other week or a little bit more frequent. A couple that.
0: of new beers a month probably, and then obviously keeping the yeah, i I'd say
1: two or two or three per per month yeah.
0: probably. Nice. Yeah. I think I think that's a, that's enough. That's
1: to, to... And some of them are taproom specials only. You know.
0: Okay. Good. Yeah. And what, so you would you would brew sm- very small batches of those, would you? Or you know, what's yeah.
1: The- well, it sometimes we do. Yeah. So sort of depends, but yeah. In general, that's the yeah. The, those those will be smaller batches. Yeah. Sort of, it sort of depends. We can do a bigger batch too, uh, if it's something that'll um, age really well. You know. Right. Uh, so, for instance, when we do our first uh, barley wine, I think it'll be something that will. Uh, sell mostly through the tap room and it may be exclusively tap room and and we'll occasionally whip it out at events or something but uh,
0: yeah yeah but that's as you say that will only get better with age so yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: awesome that sounds great um what would be you know a a good how many people uh, you know would you need in your tap room for it to be busy
1: well uh we can we can have up to you know 70-ish people there uh and you know the last couple of nights we were Full, we were we had about that many people there, and, it, and it's definitely got a great atmosphere when it's uh when it's when it's busy, but it's, they're also quiet time, you know. Like, I think Sundays are tend to be a little bit quieter, and yeah, certain days of the week, or it depends, you know, if there's like football, if there's a big football game or something, or if there are strikes, yep. then everything everything changes. So, sometimes, oh, we yeah. have really, really, really quiet evenings or quiet afternoons too. But I guess, I guess, you know, around 20 to 30 people gives it a nice atmosphere already, yeah. I think that makes it's sense. Quite to a, it's quite a cozy and intimate. Uh, sort of railway arch, it's not super high ceiling or right. anything like that. It's not very cavernous. It's no. it's more of like one of those like kind of cozy ones where the where the yeah. ceiling's quite low and there's exposed brick and everything. It's quite nice. Nice.
0: And and what what sort of percentage of your beer would you be selling through the tap room? You know, your total sort of production. At this stage, it's
1: about half half. Okay, I Yeah. So we have some local, we have some local accounts. Uh, so there's a fantastic pub here in, uh, in Hoxton called Howl at the Moon, mm-hmm. based on a uh, Hoxton Street. I love that pub. I'm gonna go right. there later actually after this. <laughs> but, Very uh, wise.
0: <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, it's a
1: great pub. They um and they serve our beer there also. They have Hoxton, uh, fresh and Hoxton Lager there. Nice. And um, uh, so they they take. 10 kegs a week and then we've got a few other you know local accounts that order off and on nice um
0: but
1: yeah we're, we're pretty new so i'm sure over yeah. time the taproom will get busier but we'll also sell more beer through other channels
0: yeah but you say 50 50 is you know that's a very healthy you know percentage isn't it already i think you know that the you can't beat the you know the economics of selling direct to consumer are, you know are really what i think keeps the industry going isn't it um especially in the in the hard times that we're all going through at the moment so that's uh that's that's that's
1: but I, I not only do I, you know, is it, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a sustainable sort of business model. I think it's also good for beer culture yes. when breweries are small and local and they sell directly to customers. And Definitely. I think, uh, and and you know, I spent a lot of time reflecting about this over COVID and yep. thinking about what am I doing, working for this corporate behemoth, making the same beer again and again. Um, <laughs> And I'm trapped inside, and I can't even, you know, enjoy London. What, what am I uh, doing with my life? Like everybody else, you know, just thinking about yep. uh, everything. And and I ref- and I really thought about what kind of business uh, do I want to start uh, yep. with my uh, business partners, and and that that local thing, and. Being a part of the community, I think that's good. That's good for the beer industry. Uh, that, that's the, those are the kind you mentioned. Boxcar, Boxcar were a great example of that.
0: Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. Well, five Points, yeah. another local brewery here. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you
1: know they've got the Pembury Tavern, their Taproom. The absolutely, Coins, yeah. And, and they're a yeah. great local presence. They do a lot with charities. Yeah, great and, cast beer and, as well.
0: Five Points. Great yeah.
1: cast beer. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you won't hear me arguing with that, John. I I absolutely love the you know the the, the hyper local approach that, that that most small breweries have taken on these days I think it's a you know it's a very charming aspect of the industry and one that you know the, yeah. the the communities really really gel around don't they you know people really feel a sense of belonging and a sense of ownership of your business even if they even if they don't have that you know it, 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 people actually have that sense so it's its, it's yeah, a nice thing
1: definitely having said that of course you know if you someone's running a Craft beer bar or a pub or something in uh, anywhere really in the UK and they and they want my beer I have no problem UK is not a super big country I'm, I'm it's, I i do not have to like ship it across a continent for it to get no to, the, exactly so yeah. it's not, it's you no can, you can be local in your in your orientation but but still uh, you know it's a small industry ultimately
0: yes absolutely hey John let's take a short break this week in craft beer is sponsored by Hit Marketing Design a design agency based in Essex, offering professional marketing services across the UK. They specialise in graphic design, brand creation and web design and can create anything from a fresh logo, new product branding, eye-catching adverts to a fully populated website. No fluff or filler. Real design for a competitive world. To find out more, visit hitmarketingdesign.co.uk so I'm back with John from Great Beyond for the second half of the show. John, at this stage, every week, I like to put my guest on the spot and ask them to tell me what makes you different. What is it you're doing at Great Beyond to stand out in the relatively crowded North London or Northeast London craft beer scene? Okay,
1: what makes us different? Well, uh, I guess um, we have that kind of small local uh, vibe, but at the same time... Because you know my business partners and I do have the experience of having worked at uh, larger breweries with fancy labs and yeah. state of the art uh, equipment and everything, but now we're doing everything manually again with secondhand brew house, and it's all small scale. And we kind of bring together some of our the experience from sort of what we used to do down to a smaller scale, and so and we we've kind of unleashed this five years of found up creativity and energy yeah. from what we couldn't, that, and <laughs> so that's why we're suddenly we're 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 going. You know, we're doing all these incredibly uneconomical things. You know, I mentioned the raspberry incident.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> and
1: um, yeah, I, I insist on using whole fruit, which you know, there are other breweries that do that. And, you know, I think that's the thing with it's a difficult question to answer because ultimately breweries are all kind of, they're all unique, but they're all kind of the same in a different way. But uh, yeah. but the the raspberry incident is a is a beer where you know we is very inefficient to make it's very expensive to make but it ends up being incredibly beautiful and um so i i i think there's a there's a real dedication to uh making beer that we really 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 believe in that 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 comes from like a a, this the, the context of uh feeling like we've been a little shackle for too long and we just right we, we couldn't we couldn't wait to, un- to apply our technical knowledge and unleash our creativity and then so it's just been um uh, it's been almost therapeutic and maybe that's <laughs>
0: maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what it is i think that's very nicely put out. so yeah you've got you know you've got all of that technical expertise honed from you know the, the macro production environment you know, I'll say but, this though real fast. Ollie is definitely more technical brewer
1: than I am, and also there are so many great brewers in this country. So oh yeah, it's again, it's one of those things where is it unique or not? I'm not sure, but but it, it's definitely how it feels.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that, that's a, you know, it's very hard to be unique in in craft beer. I think, um, but I like that combination that you just described, and you know, the, adding back to to what we were saying earlier on about your hyper local focus and how much the taproom. Is a part of your business, and how that's you know that, that's obviously a, a key. And you know, there's a lot, obviously a lot of breweries that are doing that as well. But I think you're certainly special and unique to Hoxton, um, yeah, and great. maybe that's enough. You know, <laughs> yeah,
1: honestly, that that is enough for me. Um, and also, you know, these days, so many breweries, you know, it's, we're launching we've launched our brewery in a, in a very sort of 2013 kind of way, in the sense that. Um, we're three brewers. We don't have deep pockets, all the equipment is secondhand. We don't have yeah. marketing people. We don't have salespeople. We don't have consultants. We didn't work with a design agency. We have friends that do all the artwork. We right. uh, do everything ourselves from the finances to the sales, the, what limited marketing that we do, we do ourselves. And so we're, we're you know, these days, many breweries launch uh, with uh, a lot of money in the bank and, and, a, and a really professional approach. You almost have to. We're, we're discovering, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, but we. So we. that That's another kind of thing. Is there? Of course, there are many other breweries that that sort of have bootstrapped like uh, like like we're doing. But you know, we're, we're very much like okay, we're going to brew this batch of beer and then we're going to sell that batch of beer and then that's going to mean that we're going to after you know that's going to give us little bit of cash and we can use that cash to brew the next batch of beer and (laughs) that's you know slowly but surely uh we will eventually in theory make money (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) i love it yeah no, i've been i'm not i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing with you it's a beautiful uh it's a beautiful thing that you're doing there (laughs) oh yeah
1: you know we could of course we we couldn't have uh we, we we end up I mentioned we sort of started to opened properly in january but we did a sort of soft launch starting in early november through to about christmas time we wanted to open last september right we had some issues with getting our premises licensed uh we had a, a little bit of a there was like a there's a ceo of a luxury property development uh in the in the neighborhood who made it his mission to stop us from opening and he hired a firm and expensive lawyers and organized the petition so it was a little bit of free marketing for us but it was also yeah, a major yeah. headache and it really delayed our. Watch. Yeah. so what well, it, it and it it couldn't have been so on the day of our hearing for our premises license uh, the queen died which meant that then the council stopped functioning for the during the morning period which yeah. delayed uh, the decision notice also uh, uh that was during the Liz Truss government and uh, they barkle, and, yeah and all, and all that <laughs> stuff and we were still we were still you know trying to raise money and everybody was spooked because the economy was crashing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, yeah, that you, you was know,
0: a strange moment in time,
1: wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it takes, it takes you know, there's a long ramp to launching a brewery. So oh, yeah. you, you have to, you don't really control the circumstances of, of your launch. And obviously, we ended up opening, as one does, a brewery in the middle of January during a cost of living crisis with no budget and no money. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still here.
0: Yeah indeed and and so it does seem like the perfect moment john to segue into talking about your crowdfunder um which Uh, i noticed on your website so you're you're in the process of raising some money
1: yeah basically what we're doing is um so we ended up having to scale back some of our plans because of those uh stumbles or challenges that we saw too before opening yeah Um, so the tap room ended up being a little bit more, I suppose you could call it like basic than we hoped for. Like right. we wanted, we wanted more comfortable furniture. We wanted more. We wanted to upgrade some of the energy efficiency in the right. across the site as well, which we were unable to do before launching. We wanted to have a bit of an, like a nicer outdoor seating area. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted more signage and visibility from the street. So there were a variety of things that we couldn't do when we launched. And um, so what we we decided to do was to do a little bit of a crowdfunding campaign where we would basically exchange bar tab mostly. So there are a variety of rewards. It's not, it's not an equity based crowdfunding thing It's rewards based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's on crowd, crowdfunder.co.uk. And basically what you do is let's say you put in a hundred pounds, then you get a 150 pound bar tab.
0: Right. Nice. Uh, and there are other
1: rewards, you know, t-shirts and beer box deliveries and things like that. But, um, but the main focus is like, you know, Give us a hundred pounds, you get one hundred and fifty. One hundred fifty pounds out of the and yeah. in, in the tap room, or you nice. put in two hundred and you get three hundred. Yeah. And um, it's great because we get the we get the working capital, and we can use that to buy better furniture, upgrade the lighting, in, improve the energy efficiency, maybe get a couple more serving tanks, and that will make the space better. And that's what we're trying to achieve, is because we the tap room is great and it's very special, and many people love it, uh, but we know it can be better. And right. uh, we just don't have the money to do that. Like the business is healthy; we're like hitting the sort of break-even point now-ish. Yeah, uh, which is great. We we're very close last
0: month. Oh. Uh, which That's is pretty great impressive, business, actually, in, in the space of six months, to be honest. Yeah, with you. in a challenging
1: yeah. environment too. But yeah. it's just like, despite you know, break-even is obviously an accounting term; it doesn't at all reflect the bank balance. And no. spend the money on improving the tap room. You know, we don't. We don't want. I don't want to go and get, have to borrow a bunch of money and no rates right now are high and we're a new business with limited trading history so uh the, i think the best way for us to do an upgrade to the tap room is something like this and because we have a lot of regular recurring customers who would spend 100 pounds in the tap room over the course That's right the yeah way. it's no it's no no, yeah.
0: no hardship in fact it's a it's a significant benefit isn't it if, if people are going to spend that money over the next couple of months anyway yeah might as well get the, get the uh, get yeah the, and we and, the and
1: we actually need, we need to like push it a little bit more we've not we've not really uh uh, done enough of that but um it's it's fine we're going to probably extend the 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 deadline because it's, it's it's going to run out i think or it's the the campaign yeah it's 12 i, it. I
0: looked this off and it has 12 days left to run so it's um by yeah the time i think it publishes, it'll be in only like 9 days or so yeah. yeah
1: and i think i think we're going to end up uh, pushing it past uh, at least past
0: LCBF Right. Yeah, there's going to be we're going to be pouring there and I figure well, actually that's a great opportunity That's to get really yeah. People. That, that's a great yeah. showcase. Obviously you you guys were at Brew London as well which was uh, which was a good I, I guess that was your, kind of your launch event wasn't it? I suppose uh, effectively or or, or one, yeah, of, your, one well, of your your launch events certainly yeah.
1: Well we we are not organized enough to have a real launch event.
0: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we uh but yeah
1: with the beer you know that was good that was really good fun. I think festivals are a great way to it's just like why the tap room is great talking to customers directly getting the
0: feedback. Yep. But anyway, great awesome news here at your LCBF. That'll be uh, that'll be terrific. Yeah, that'll be fun. Am, am I gonna see you there? Oh, yes, absolutely. Wouldn't miss that for anything. That's that is you know an absolute fixture in my calendar. Let us talk about Hoxton Fresh
1: mm, whilst yes. I've still
0: got some left, because it's not gonna be I'm not gonna have any left for very long. <laughs> this is uh absolutely superb. Four four percent DDH session IPA. You trailed this in the first half and told us how good it was. And you were not lying. I tell you, this is absolutely superb. Um, the tasting notes say, hops are the hero in this juicy session IPA, packed with tropical fruit flavours, seriously drinkable, seriously fresh. Yeah, this is gorgeous. I think um, it's got like a real sort of pineapple-y kind of zing to it, but also some citrusy flavour in there as well. I think it's a kind of a pineapple-y, lemon-y thing going on, but, but super delicious, lovely, absolutely gorgeous aroma. Um, and I can't, you know, I, I'm not sure how many pints of this, you know, I would, need to drink before i got sick of it but it would be quite a few let's put it that way you know this is this is a delicious beer <laughs>
1: yeah thank you it's it we wanted to kind of make the ultimate mm. session mm. ipa really that appeals to hop lovers so it's it's uh i i couldn't even tell how many pints of it i've had in my life uh, it's we only we only you know it's, yeah so uh it's quite a modern sort of contemporary session ipa mm. it's uh it's um got a lovely uh Soft palate. Uh, we use quite a lot of oats in it. A little bit of wheat. Um, it's quite light, and it's got a lovely sort of natural haze to it. Um, the main hops uh, in this beer are Galaxy Idaho Seven and Citra. I, just, I was just looking to see if it was listed on the can, and I haven't been. No, well, I just told you. So, uh, yeah. but there, but there there are there are yeah, actually two, yeah, two yeah. other secret hops in there too. But uh, really? we hop it. To, we hop it kind of throughout. So we, we, we actually do mash hop. It's we, uh, huh? we, um, uh, we don't add any hops during the boil and then we do huh? whirlpool addition and then we do two dry hops Right, and um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely. We, we've, and we've experimented with it a little bit in terms of uh, also yeast strains. We've used a few different ones. Um, but the, yeah, the focus is on just saturating the beer from a hop point of view. So it's yeah. a really, really deliver on the flavor and the aroma and then some, but without excessive bitterness and virtually no astringency mm. uh, it's it's very smooth we don't want any of those harsh notes and also when beers are hopped very highly sometimes you get some of those kind of twiggy or green tea yeah or kind of earthy kinds of uh, or harshness hop burn mm. but we we don't we want we don't want that anywhere near this beer right so we want, we want to absolutely saturate the beer with hops but then we also want to really 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 Focus on that clean flavor profile, yeah. and it really is bursting. With, and it's always it's always fresh. That's why yeah. it's called Cox and Fresh because it's our bestseller. Right. And yeah. We uh, every uh, every other week or so we have to top up. We do we, we we do a serving tank transfer, and it's and it's and the bat and it's a fresh. So we were drinking it in the tap room. It's almost never more than you know fourteen days old. Beautiful. Um. So it's and you know and then we serve at, you know some local pubs and stuff, and they also it's always fresh. Right. And that's that's the whole.
0: Selling point behind yeah, the beer. Nice, yeah. No, that that's uh, that makes sense. And this, yeah, I can't imagine a nicer a nicer session pale or IPA than this. Which is just really super drinkable. Like any, you know, this this if there was any justice, you should be facing huge demand for this from pubs. This, you know, this is a perfect summer beer, and I can't believe you know if they're not if you're not getting people sort of, you know, beating the party your door wanting to be able to, to, to serve this on draft, I don't know what, what the world's coming to, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: very kind of you to say, and I hope that uh, you won't be the last person to think that, mm. but uh, it, it's definitely a beer that's starting to get some um, traction. You know, we had some uh, people in town um, from Sheffield, from uh, St. Mars, the desert, great brewery. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I love that, I love yeah. that brewery. Yeah. Mm. We had, they were just drinking in the tap room and, uh didn't even particularly know that, that they worked there actually and okay. um then they mentioned it and they were just like, well, the fresh is i think they I think they said banging i think they said fanging. right uh, <laughs> which is just from from a brewery like that that's extremely high praise it they, they, they yeah. made their i think i really i really really rate them yeah absolutely uh, it's, it's 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 just lovely to get the get the feedback on the beer from people
0: yeah of course yeah i'm sure it is yeah it makes it all worthwhile doesn't it i don't doubt yeah Excellent. Well, this is yeah, this is everything you said it would uh, it would be. Um, you know, I, I'm actually really curious now to taste your uh, your stronger IPAs. Um, you know, can you give us a, a sense of of what else you got coming out in the next few weeks in terms of specials? Um,
1: yeah. So, uh, well, we're we're there's two double IPAs that we're working on right now. One that we're brewing next week. Uh, we haven't named it yet. Okay. But it's going to be around. Uh, seven point nine percent. I'm just pulling up some, the latest version of the recipe here, the draft. Um, be about seven point nine percent. Quite hazy, I think. And it's going to be Botewika, Botewika, Motu, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Equ- Equinot. Nice. Uh, you chose uh, all root. the hops that are difficult to pronounce by the sounds, <laughs> right Yeah, I know. Really. Uh, those are the
1: two lead characters shall we say but there's the a most little
0: mispronounced hops in the in the industry. yeah
1: though, maybe we should lead into well, we, we do have to name the beer maybe we should uh call it something hard to pronounce yeah they could,
0: they could be could be a yeah
1: so anyway that, that, that's 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 going to come out uh oh we're bringing next week so we'll just say it about a month from now So that will um, be ready
0: for, for lcbf
1: yeah it will be yeah it'll be nice great. Uh, we're also do- doing a peanut butter and jelly sour, Ooh. which, uh, so we use the raspberry incident as the base beer for that. But then we add a uh, freshly roasted unsalted peanuts to the tank.
0: Fantastic. Uh, I love peanuts in beer. I know it's not perhaps terribly politically correct, but for people with, with nut allergies and whatever, but, but man, yeah. like a really good peanut beer. And I know they're really hard to do as well, aren't they? Because it's love... hard to get the, you know, the oils from the nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a sour beer anyway, so the head on it isn't always great, but, no. I, but I, I love, uh, i really really love uh, really well done nut beers and it's again mm-hmm. just like with the fruit it's about using the real thing yeah uh, and it's about using you have to use a lot of nuts to get yeah. the flavor uh, mm-hmm. impact but and so that's so and then we have a bergamot sour also made with a again real fruit bergamot oh. is, in, is one of my favorite citrus fruits actually it's incredibly uh, complex elegant aroma profile yeah, it's highly unusual, unusual yeah Great. lemony uh, floral mm-hmm. uh, really nice piney a little bit too that sounds awesome uh, and then uh there's another double ipa i mentioned we're working on two we're doing a we're doing a west coast double ipa as well oh. and uh that's going to be quite lean quite dry and i don't remember the hops we're using in that but they're i know Simcoe is one of them um yeah I'm, i love Simcoe in a west coast yes beer. Super uh, great yeah. Simcoe is a great hop hmm. and uh but you know we're gonna we're, we're always coming up with new things we're gonna and we're gonna in the in the i'm looking forward to you know this the the, uh, the season change is always nice because you can sort of do new things to go with the season so we're gonna yeah. do a really lovely traditional mild as well uh, okay. dark in the autumn which uh, do a fast beer with you? i don't know probably not this year i don't think i think we'll do um we'll do a harvest time english lager of some kind okay uh so maybe an english pilsner or something with english hops uh, mm-hmm. we've uh, but we haven't nailed down exactly. Uh, yeah, this is all we're always gonna be doing uh, more things.'re we're, we're gonna start doing a little bit of mixed firm stuff. I mentioned when we do the sours we do uh, lactic fermentation, yeah. with lactobacillus. Um, but um, we also keen to do a little bit of um spontaneously fermented beer. Uh, obviously, that's a more long term project. Yeah uh, uh, we're also uh, what else are we working on? Uh, Oh, there's going to be, we're going to do some interesting stuff with other more unusual fruits where we do um, fermentation of the fruit (laughs) first, and then we blend the beer into that. Right. So we do a spontaneous fermentation of fruit, and then we blend that into a sour beer, a base sour beer. Cool.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. What about biggest, biggest stouts?
1: Bigger stout, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to have one in time for LCBF, but we're not gonna. So I think maybe for our first birthday, I think we'll have a we'll have an imperial stout, our first one then. And yeah. we're kind of kind of torn. I think I I like a lot of the sort of pastry uh, imperial stouts, and I but I I think if we did something kind of like that, we'd we'd have to think long and hard about how we did it. So maybe we'll like do. So I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure how 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 we'll do that, but. And maybe like a peanut marshmallow chocolate sort of imperial stout thing, but they're using real ingredients again, just right. like we. Yeah, uh, because that's sort of. And then all the beers are vegan as well, so we don't and we wouldn't ever make a non-vegan beer, so we wouldn't use. Like any that.
0: Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, you mentioned LCBF already. What other festivals have you got in the calendar, or or events for that matter? Got any other events coming up this summer? Uh, there are no other festivals. That
1: are really on my radar right now. I mean, we're we're so focused on sort of, I'm doing tap room shifts and we're getting we're getting the business sort of stood up properly. You know? Oh, sure. So when festivals come along, uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's like it takes quite a lot of time and energy because we're a very small team. Yes. Um, but we do want to do more on the festival circuit next year, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then events wise, I mean, tap room is always the best place to go on our Instagram. We do great. Uh, comedy nights that I mentioned, and stuff like that. We will eventually, I think, probably in September or something, we're going to do a little Great Beyond Dog Show.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, quite a lot of regulars, uh, nice. locals who bring their dogs. Yeah. And uh, sort of to- toying around with the idea where there's a grand prize where we feature uh, the winning dog on the, the can design. Yes.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: and you know we'll have just bullshit arbitrary categories like cuteness and Yo, fluffiness yeah, fluffiness and. Uh, <laughs>
0: That sounds good, John. Where's the best place for people to get their hands on some great Beyond beers? Then,
1: well, the best place to go is to go to Hoxton and visit our tap room. Yep. You know, we're um, ten minutes away from uh, the Northern Line Old Street, or mm-hmm. near the Hoxton Overground Station, as I mentioned. Yeah, uh, we're not even far from Liverpool Street. So, depending no. on how you come to London, so that's definitely the best place. But you know, I'm and then we, you know we, we we pour off and on, rotating, uh, you know, in bars and pubs around London. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some great pubs in East London, like, uh, I mentioned Howl at the Moon, but there's, you know, Red Hand and awesome. Oh, the the Axe right. and far, Newington. Right. No, it's not far. Uh, Bethel Green Tavern, hmm. Uh, you know, pubs like that, the Cock Tavern. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do, we're going to, actually, you asked about events. We're going to do a tap take over there soon. At nice. uh, the Tavern, which is one of my locals. It's very, so more Cock Tavern from,
0: where? Because there's a lot of pubs in Hackney, in
1: sorry, Hackney yeah. Central. Okay, so right. Great, great pub. Um And, uh uh, lovely people, lots of regulars uh, who are, and it's you know it's it's a, it's a local of mine. And, okay, uh, brilliant. Yeah, do an take over there uh, probably later this month. We
0: haven't firmed up the date yet, but probably right. late July. Okay, sounds good. Excellent. So, what about canned beer? Where if people want to get hold of your, some of your beer in can, where's How's the best way to get hold of that? Uh, best way is
1: via our website. Uh-huh. Um. We. Uh, do our best to keep it up to date. That's another example of something that we kind of do ourselves. It's not it's going to be pretty hard,
0: that. you know. There's a ton of things to do,
1: aren't there? For a- yeah, and it's it's not our our website isn't extremely slick, and sometimes it takes a, a few days before we uh, put the new releases on the website. Yeah. but um, we uh we do you know it is a Shopify website. It's pretty easy to order on there, and then we yeah. ship pretty quickly. Right, um, and uh, the beer is always fresh,
0: so. What about out, getting out to bottle shops? Are you are you you know sort of distributing you know, just in a, you know, greater London or or getting out beyond that to bottle shops?
1: So we are so in, in London. So we we feature uh, from time to time at uh, Kill the Cat on Brick Lane. Yeah, uh, there's the um, Bottle Apostle Bottle Apostle shops. They do lovely. They love, They always have really good wine and beer selections, nice. and, and we're in uh, we're in all of those. There's the Clapton Crafts yes um and uh yeah but outside of london i mean uh there, there we've had some sort of ad hoc orders and but we're we're not really widely distributed our focus has really been especially during these initial months on uh sort of the local sort of sales side sure. and getting the tap rooms set up and everything sure. but um, you'll find us
0: more and more i think around the country in the coming months very good All right. Excellent. Then into the home straight then. And you've already partially covered this, but I will ask again, just to see if I can tease any more details out from you. Um, This is what I call a shout out to a little guy. And I'm looking for you to mention one or more local to you beer businesses that you think are doing a great job promoting independent craft beer. And so that can be another, another brewery, a tap room, a bottle shop, a pub, even a restaurant or a cafe, but somebody you think is doing a great job promoting not just great beyond, but independent craft beer in general. Well, firstly, we're the little guy. Yes, so. you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, uh, let me have, let me think. Uh, so, firstly,
0: there are so many great breweries in London, mm-hmm. and um, so any new ones you're excited about. This. You know... Because you guys are well connected, so I'm sure you know what's going on.
1: Yeah, I really like uh, what the guys at uh, in Windsor at Two Flints, but they're doing. Yes, this yeah, I had them on and...
0: a few weeks ago, but I'm super yeah. impressed with them as well. Yeah,
1: they're making some very good beer. Uh, I've not had that much of it yet, but what I've had has been very good. Agreed. Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to shout out. Uh, they're an institution, and they and deservedly so. I'm going to shout out the Rake. Yes. The market. and obviously everybody mm-hmm. knows the rake but there's a reason everybody knows the rake because they're yeah. they and they really they're their role they're indispensable to the rise of craft beer in the yeah, uk i totally agree and really really worthy of all the admiration and respect for the uh, massive impact they've had mm-hmm. uh so i'm going to shout them out i think
0: nice all right well i appreciate that thank you then let's get into the wrap-up question um and i need to know what would be your ultimate happy hour and there's three parts to this question. I need to know firstly where you would be, who hmm. you would be with, and then most specifically what beer you would be drinking. And there's one qualifier to this, which is that the beer doesn't necessarily need to naturally match the venue. Okay, that's good, that's so, good. so you can be on a you know, you can be on a beach somewhere on a tropical island and you could bring the beer with you to to drink in that perfect spot if that's if that's your perfect choice.
1: If you like. Okay. I would be in the English countryside. Okay, nice. Um I would be, it would be nice weather, not too hot, but nice little light, light mm. breeze. Uh, and I'd be drinking a pint of Hoxton Fresh.
0: Okay, good. And you just
1: need to tell me who you'd be with? I'd be with my business partners mm-hmm. because it would feel like such a celebratory moment to be yes. uh, have the beer reach a beautiful, quaint countryside pub. Because uh, <laughs> in, my, in my imagination, we are, you know, it's like you know we're in lewis or something like that and it's it's beautiful and yeah uh, sunny and rolling hills and
0: nice and uh,
1: somehow inexplicably uh, this pub is serving
0: fresh pints of hoxton fresh well it could happen you never know maybe maybe one day yeah <laughs> well then john i think we've had a lot of fun this evening that's been a really good conversation i've really enjoyed your beers very impressed with you with your passion and your enthusiasm I'm really looking forward actually to having a beer with you in person at uh, London Craft beer Festival
1: I am looking forward to that too very much um, and, and I would strongly
0: recommend anybody listening to this that's going to be down there to come and say hello to you and, and come and check your beers out because they'll be worthy of uh, exploration um not just at LCbf but but at your tap room as well um next time I'm I'm in London I'll try and uh, try and swing by and come and say hello oh please uh, do uh, let me know in advance please but well, i wish you uh, wish you every success i think you i think you're primed to 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 have a have a great future and uh, yeah looking forward to seeing how that goes
1: and thank you very much rob i enjoyed it too and i look forward to seeing you soon